Welcome to The Lead, a podcast about how to get ahead in the media industry from the people who did. I'm Caroline Odom. On this episode, I speak with Professor Elitza Vasilova, a lecturer of journalism here at the University of Georgia, who spent over 20 years as an anchor with CNN International. While based in Atlanta, Professor Vasilova anchored CNN Newsroom and covered a range of international events from conflicts in Yugoslavia to the September 11th attack on the United States. Before joining CNN, Professor Vasilova was an anchor and reporter for Bulgarian television. She covered the fall of communism and helped the country develop its free press. Now, Professor Vasilova uses her experience and expertise to teach journalism students about newscasting, in-depth reporting, and solutions journalism. On this episode, she joins us to talk about her career journey, offers advice on communicating well for diverse audiences, and shares her interest in sustainability. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is produced by the Cox Institute for Journalism Innovation, Management, and Leadership at the University of Georgia's Grady College. To learn more, go to grady.uga.edu slash coxinstitute. Additionally, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, this episode of The Lead was recorded over Zoom. Thank you for your patience with audio imperfections. Now, here's The Lead. Hello, Professor Vasilova. Welcome to The Lead. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Doing very well. So I'm really excited for you to join me today on the show, and I think we have a lot to unpack. So I'm just going to jump right in with the first question. You spent over 20 years with CNN and covered significant international events like the Arab Spring and September 11th. So when covering these major events that developed so quickly, what was your approach to sorting through all of the new information as it came out? Well, what helped me a lot was just the experience that I had thinking on my feet really fast. And also the critical thinking I had developed, again, from reading a lot and, and dealing with all sorts of information coming at me uh, during breaking news or when I was covering events where you quickly develop this ability to make sense of what's important and what isn't, what doesn't sound quite right, do some quick uh, fact checking. It, it's a mixture of just the, ex the experience you have and also your uh, ability to, to think quickly on your feet and the knowledge you have, which sort of helps you sift through, through the information and make sense of it real quick. Can you think of a major event that you covered that really challenged you? And if so, how did you approach it? Well, there have been so many uh, in so many different ways. Um, I remember the Israeli-Palestinian conflict really challenged me to the core because there were there was a period when I was on air and there were constantly uh, terrorist attacks uh, which were very brutal, breaking news, we would do breaking news on CNN and I would um, have to really quickly think on my feet, be very careful, even the words that I used uh, when I summed up events, when I interviewed people, had meaning and could be taken as me having a bias towards uh, one side or the other. So I remember that at CNN, we just agonized over the words we used. At one point, the Israelis were building um, a wall to separate themselves from terrorists coming across the border. And uh, both sides uh, looked at it in a different way. For example, the, the Israelis uh, called it a fence 
while the Palestinians called it a wall. And so if you used a fence or wall as a word, you would appear biased by one side or to one side or the other. So we came up with the word barrier. So I had to be very careful to use the right word at this point. There've been other challenges like, for example, we, um, we sent an anchor in Germany to cover the German, pivotal German elections. And he was supposed to be in a studio and the studio, <laughs> something happened, there was a blackout and the studio didn't work. So I had to hop on the set and do four hours without prior preparation of uh, uh, four hours of um, election coverage in, in Germany with, of course, with a reporter on the scene and an analyst. But again, it shows how important it is to always be informed whether you expect to be on air or not. So uh, there have been numerous challenges uh, during my many years on CNN and all of them have been different. And it's always on a case by case basis, you just think quickly on your feet and, and try your best. So being able to quit think quickly on your feet and then communicate very, very carefully while doing so is definitely quite a skill. And I think it's a skill that a lot of people would like to have, but don't know where to begin developing it. So do you have any advice for how people can, can work on thinking quickly and communicating clearly? You just have to do it. It comes with practice. And reporting, that's what I tell my students. I have, um, many of them want to be anchors and I tell them, no, you don't want, even if they want to hire you as an anchor immediately after college, think about it because you need to develop those skills as a reporter going to scenes and reporting live and, and having to, to think quickly on your feet. And live television actually forces you to develop this because the camera is on you and you have to perform and it's your reputation out there. So somehow um, you, just, you just do it and you keep getting better and better at it and you gain confidence the more you do it. And of course, you have to be informed. You have to be very well informed uh, in order to be able to do it. So while we're on the topic of communication, I would love to ask a question about when you covered a global audience during your time at CNN, how did you approach communicating to diverse international audiences? My international audience uh, was very interested in U.S. policy because whatever happened in Washington affected the entire world. So I had to develop an ability to explain to an international audience uh, American politics, uh, not to use jargon that is uh, that we know here in the United States, for example, GOP. Nobody would know that that's the Republican Party, uh, or very few people would know that it's the Republican Party. Uh, in the United States. Uh, and things like that uh, use clean, simple language because most of the people would have English as a second language. Just bear in mind uh, what they know add enough context for them so that they can understand what you're talking about. Sometimes you have to know the law. For example, when we cover British elections, a day before the elections in Britain is a day of reflection. So you could be sued. CNN could have been sued if I had brought up anything that could have been considered as me prejudicing the elections, like a public opinion poll or, or any kind of information like that. And then if you were reporting from Thailand or writing something about Thailand, you have to know that it's against the law to criticize the monarchy, the king. Uh, so there are 
all sorts of different things you need to know and also respect for other cultures, knowing other cultures so that you know how to phrase things uh, and in a way that are respectful uh, to different audiences. A few moments ago, you mentioned that the best experience, especially for students as we're starting out, comes from reporting. And you started your career in Bulgaria covering the fall of communism. So reflecting on that experience, what did that first role teach you? It taught me many things. And I grew up in a communist dictatorship. And young people like me had to figure out how to do free press coverage of events, which up to now we didn't know how to do, we, we hadn't done because it was, there was no precedent. It was a dictatorship where there was just one opinion that mattered and that was allowed uh, in the press and that was the government's opinion. And uh, you could go to jail. There were people from my family who over the years had been punished for speaking their minds. So it was, it was, we lived in fear in that sense. And that's why I never aspired to be a journalist growing up in that situation. I got a master's in English language and literature and I thought I would be a, a teacher or a translator. Uh, but I got a job in Bulgarian radio as a translator. And that led me to eventually learn on the job journalism and eventually led to uh, CNN discovering me uh, because I was translating other journalists' uh, reports and scripts uh, for um, Bulgarian television's contributions to CNN's coverage on the fall of communism, the transition to democracy. So if communism hadn't ended, I wouldn't have been a journalist. Uh, the reason why I explain this is because the first thing I had to do was to let go of the fear that I had in my heart after all this, uh, and, and also to go with my gut feeling and learn also from CNN and other uh, Western TV stations how to stick to the facts, how to be fair, how to do no harm. Uh, so all these things I learned uh, on the job while letting go of that history of fear that, that I had. And just one anecdote I'll, I'll share with you. I uh, was like two months away from coming to um, take up my job at CNN, my dream job. I had uh, a visa, CNN had gotten me a visa to work in the United States and I had my tickets and everything. And then uh, there were people who wanted to bring the communist system back in the Soviet Union. And two months before I was supposed to leave, they managed to depose Mikhail Gorbachev. Uh, the president of, uh, of the Soviet Union. And uh, for a week, I, uh, we thought that communism would come back to Bulgaria uh, because what happened in, in Moscow happened in our country. And I just thought, well, I won't be able to get, my, you know, get to my dream job. And then I thought, oh, that's the least of my worries. Um, if communism comes back, all the reporting that I've done uh, about speaking, you know, about what the communist regime did and revealing all these things would possibly, I could go to jail for all this. And also I could go to jail for reporting for CNN, which is an American company. But I was lucky enough, a week later, uh, Gorbachev managed to regain power 
And two months later, I was off to the United States. And now I'm talking to you <laughs> many years after that. So just to give you an idea of what I learned was, uh, you know, just kind of how to function in a free media society and um, um, eventually become this journalist who was discovered by CNN because of my reporting on all of these issues. Wow, what a what a wonderful story. Thank you for sharing. And I'm glad that everything worked out and that we're able to have this conversation. I'm very thankful for that. So what you learned as a reporter in Bulgaria led you to that career with CNN, that dream career. And throughout that career, you interviewed national figures like United States Secretary of State Madeleine Albright and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. What is your approach to having meaningful and informational interviews with figures like this who have already had so much coverage and attention on them? Well, the most important thing is to start with the news. What is the news of the day? And ask them to react. Uh, for example, if it was Madeleine Albright, I would ask her about um, the impeachment of, of former President Donald Trump, which is underway right now as we speak. I would ask her what she thought about the insurrection. Um, she was the first female Secretary of State of the United States. I would ask her about Kamala Harris. Uh, maybe when will, when will the United States have um, a female president? I would ask her about um, the racial reckoning underway in the United States, what she thinks about that. There are just so many things that I can ask her related to what people are talking about and interested in. And she's such an interesting person with such incredible life and professional experience that uh, she can give us a fascinating view on, on the things we are trying to figure out as a society right now. And most importantly, I would probably start my interview asking about the brooch that she's wearing. She um, wears a brooch during any interview she does, and it always has some kind of a meaning. She, she is delivering a message about something that's happening in, in our society. So I would definitely ask her about the brooch. I did not know that, and I'm glad you shared that. I'll have to go back and find some pictures and look at all the different ones. So one topic that you have taken an interest in through your reporting is sustainability. What about this topic excites or even challenges you? Well, because it's about the future of, of our planet and, and just living the right way, living in a good way right now so that other people can also live in a good way. It's not about depriving ourselves of anything right now, but just being mindful of, of the impact on this beautiful planet that we have uh, with the way we live. And I developed this interest while I was still working at CNN. I was interviewing these amazing scientists and experts who had incredible ideas that could um, literally save the world. Uh, and they just weren't connecting with ordinary people, with entrepreneurs, with governments who could help implement those ideas in real life and solve a lot of problems because they were speaking in jargon, scientific jargon that only just an elite of them, you know, could, uh, could understand. And so I would be invited to moderate panels and I'm, I'm a little bit of a nerd, so I, I would learn all the jargon and try to have them have discussions and, and talk to them beforehand uh, and ask them to, to speak in ordinary language that people can understand. So I met other people, I met um, one particular 
a journalist, uh, a Danish journalist who was just as frustrated as I was. And we started talking about how we as journalists could use storytelling um, and our skills to, to really bring sustainability, the complexity of sustainability to, to people in a way that they could relate to. And that relationship and all these things that I experienced led me to this interest in sustainability. And now I'm implementing it here. I'm so excited to have amazing students fascinated and interested in sustainability. And we, that's what we're doing in one of my classes. We are reporting on sustainability. I'm so glad you mentioned your classes because as we come to a close, I want to address that after such a strong dynamic reporting career, you're now teaching journalism. So why make that shift to teaching? And what advice or skills do you hope to impart to your journalism students? That was always my plan from the masters I got in English language and literature where I learned how to teach, that was part of the course, to really considering my profession as a journalist in a way of educating people. Um, and I, I have grandparents who are teachers, so it was always part of my plan. So I'm really happy to be at UGA uh, to also combine my interest with sustainability and with the love of journalism and, and the love of just sharing and, and uh, teaching young people, uh, helping them be successful. If there's one thing I would advise them to do, um, that would be to, to learn a lot not to be in a hurry to become big stars, learn the basics, they will serve you well, learn technology, but technology is gonna keep changing, so you will have to be a lifelong learner, have that in mind, and finally be a good person, have a good attitude. And I'll just give you a, just one last quick anecdote uh, why it's so important. When I was interviewing for this job here at UGA, two people were crucial to um, make sure that I was picked over other candidates. One of them was Professor Sabria Rice, who teaches now health journalism. She happened to be many years ago, um, a, a bright young um, a graduate from college who had started a job at CNN. The starting job was bringing scripts to the anchor and, and operating the teleprompter. And she did that for me. And little did I know that years later, she would be casting a decisive vote for me to get this job. Professor Rice has been just so wonderful. I've learned from her. So, so it shows you that at one point as a newbie, you know, in this profession, I was learning from her, uh, just as she was learning from me when she was starting out in journalism. So you never know, life works out in, in very mysterious ways. So always be kind to people and journalism is a team sport and people will not want to hire you if you don't play well with other people. So that would be uh, the, biggest, uh, the biggest point of advice that I would give them. Be good people, have a great can-do attitude as well. Professor Vasilova, I'm happy you've joined us at UGA, and I think that's great advice to leave us with. Thank you so much for joining us on The Lead today. My pleasure, and good luck to you. Thanks for tuning into The Lead. I'm your host, Caroline Odom. This episode was produced with guidance from Dr. Keith Herndon, director of the Cox Institute. 
keep up with The Lead and hear from more interesting media leaders, subscribe to The Lead on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Lead Podcast. Until next time.